0: Please turn your Bibles with me to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, as we continue making our way through the book of Ephesians. As you turn there, uh, just a few things to, to note with you. Uh, first of all, kind of a joyful yet uh, sorrowful thing to inform you about. Uh, as you know, that our, our church has been uh, shepherded by a leadership team since our, our beginning, since before our beginning, here are a few... Uh, I guess next month will be our one-year anniversary as a, as a church, and as a congregation meeting here, but really we began meeting as a leadership team in January of, of 2008, and, and the Akright family has been called by God uh, to go back to, to ministry at Bethany Baptist Church, and, and Bill has been a part of our leadership team since the very beginning, and I am just so grateful to God that he called Bill and his family to be a part of the leadership team and ministry here uh, and uh, I'm, I'm thankful to God, although a little uh, obviously saddened that, that Bill and his family are going to be back at Bethany Baptist doing, doing ministry there. Uh, they live in the, the Dunlap area, and I feel that like God is calling them to minister in their community, and we as a leadership team and encourage and, and affirm that calling, and, and so we're just going to, to miss him, though. And so please join with me in thanking Bill for his ministry to our church. Thank you. Thanks. Glory to God. That's right. That's right. So, so thank you, Bill. We're gonna, we're excited for you, excited for your family, and excited what what God is going to continue to do in your ministry. And, and Bill, uh, his leadership has been uh, behind the scenes, just, uh, uh, just uh, very. He's been very influential, and uh, again, a glory to God, as he would say as well. Also, as as, as uh, Ben mentioned earlier, we have a, a business meeting, uh, immediately following the service. And by immediately, I mean immediately. Okay, uh, we're. Part of the constraints of the, the the facilities that we have, we're very grateful for. But one of the constraints is it's it's hard to kind of do big family meetings. And so what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to to Lord willing eventually stop uh, preaching. Then uh, we're going to sing it. Yeah. <laughs> you just added five minute, minutes, buddy. Uh, Lord willing, we'll, we'll we'll cease here. We're going to to sing a last. Uh, Song and, and that uh, final song, if, if you need to leave, uh, th- that's, that's your cue to, to do so. And then right after that, that final song, Dave Robinson will come up here and, and begin the meeting. And uh, everyone is invited to, to, to stay and to, to attend and to participate in that. Uh, but, of course, it's, it's not uh, mand- mandatory. But uh, you, don't, you don't need to be a member to attend. You don't need to be a regular attender to attend. Uh, but we certainly invite all to attend and, and to, to, to vote in the meeting you need to be a member of the church of course so that's that's immediately following the service uh you know as as, as i mentioned before our one-year anniversary is coming up this next month i'm excited about our fall ministries we're going to continue talking about those Uh, next week this next week is our prophecy conference encourage you to come out to bethany baptist church this friday and saturday for our, our prophecy conference and then next sunday morning as the continuation, culmination of the Prophecy Conference, Dr. Dan Green is going to be here in our, our pulpit. Uh, Dr. Green is a professor at uh, Moody, and he was also, Moody Bible Institute, and he was also a pastor in Lakin for many years. And so many of you may be familiar with his ministry. He was very influential in my education. I am very grateful to him for his ministry and, and thrilled that uh, he'll be with us next week. Well, hopefully, you've made it by now to Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, please stand with me as we read God's word together this morning. Ephesians chapter 6. As we continue talking about living wisely, listen to what the word of God says through the Apostle Paul. We'll read verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. You may be seated. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your church. We thank you for the people that you have Brought here to to worship you together. Father, we pray that our our worship would be in both spirit and in truth, that we'd be encouraged by, that we would be encouraged as we we consider you and your glory. Father, we pray that you would help families in our church. We pray that you would help parents to rightly instruct their children, that children would rightly honor their their parents. We thank you for the Cortez family. We thank you for their ministry and we pray that you would continue to help them meet the, the needs of, of people and providing them with, with water and resources. And we pray for their training of pastors. And, Father, what just an, an incredible burden to think about. So many churches without trained pastors to communicate your word to the people. And we pray that you would provide your church with shepherds who understand your word and, and your, know your and love your truth. We also uh, pray... The, the health of our church. We pray for our leadership. We pray for the Akrites as they uh, begin a, a new chapter of ministry. We thank you for their faithfulness in ministry here. We pray this morning for our, our, our upcoming meeting, that you would cause uh, our words and actions and thoughts to all glorify you. Help our hearts to be sensitive to your word this morning. We pray in your son Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. According to Greek mythology, Daedalus was a great inventor. And he happened to find himself, again, according to Greek mythology, Daedalus happened to find himself imprisoned on the island of Crete with his son. Daedalus, as he considered his situation, realized that obviously escape on land was impossible. Escape in the ocean by sea seemed impossible as well. It was too far to swim. And ships were searched regularly to make sure there were no stowaways on board. And so as, as Daedalus considered his situation trapped on the island of Crete, he realized that escape was only possible by air. And so Daedalus began constructing for himself and his son Icarus wings. Being a great inventor, he, he planned and designed these wings for himself and his son, and he, he took feathers and he took wax and and fashioned these these feathers together with the wax from a candle finally the wings were prepared and he took his son to a a cliff overlooking the ocean and he affixed the wings to himself and then he affixed the wings to his son and he said my son icarus listen carefully to your father's instruction as we fly do not fly too close to the ocean or your wings will become heavy with moisture and you will sink. Uh, Do not fly too high, for if you fly too high, the, the sun will melt the wax holding the feathers together and you will perish. My son, Icarus, follow me as I fly the middle way. And after Icarus assured his father that he would do as he was instructed, they set off. And at first, things went exceedingly well, and it seemed that, that freedom was, was in their grasp. And Daedalus flew the, the middle way, neither too high nor too low, and, and Icarus followed in his, his father's flight. But as perhaps you know the story, Icarus became enamored with this thrill of flying. And instead of fathering, following his father, he began to fly a, a little higher. And when he saw that that nothing was going wrong, he flew a little higher, and he began to soar higher and higher and higher, and certainly, even as his father had warned him, the sun began to melt the wax holding the feathers together. And before he realized what had happened, he plunged into the ocean and perished that story, the story of, of Icarus and his father Daedalus has always frustrated me <laughs> because here they are on, on the verge of obtaining what they sought on the, the verge of obtaining freedom and Icarus's careless disobedience cost him his very life. When freedom was at hand disobedience cost him his life. children, Children, this is my warning for you this morning, or my encouragement to you this morning. There is life in obedience to mom and to dad. Children, there is life in obeying your mom and your dad. And when I say there's, there's life, I don't just mean life in the sense of life and death, but, but children, listen to this, kids, there is life in there is fullness of life, there is happiness, there is joy in being obedient to your mom and to your dad. And to older children, to adult children, to to, to children that are grown and have left the house, let me just say this to you as well, there is life, there is joy, there is fullness of life, fullness of joy in honoring mom and dad. We live in a culture that has perverted family relationships. As we've been going through the book of Ephesians, we've, we've seen here that we're now to, to walk wisely. As we saw in chapters 1 through 3, the gospel of Jesus Christ should change our lives. Our, our hearts should be transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. When a person comes into a relationship with Jesus, when they place their faith in him for their salvation, God transforms their heart. They are new creatures. And as new creatures, there should be something radically different about the way that we as children relate to our parents and the way that we as parents relate to our children. The gospel should transform family relationships because family relationships in our culture are broken. Children, young children, are disrespectful. They're disobedient. It's kind of hard to call them rebellious because there's, There's nothing really to rebel against. Parents have abdicated their role of authority figures. And older children even, children who've left the home, their relationship with their parents is broken as well. They don't understand what it means to, to honor mom and dad. They don't understand what it means to provide and care for mom and dad. And so relationships in the sense of adult children and their parents are broken as well. And what my hope is, is that we look at Ephesians chapter 6 this week and in coming weeks as we look at verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 6, we see what God desires the the family structure to look like, and we as believers, as, as people who've had their hearts transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ, we would live in such a way that other people recognize the transformation that's taken place in our hearts and are encouraged by it, and that our family structure looks radically different. Kind of the, the main idea, if you will, of the, these three verses, the, 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 the main instruction I believe that we get from this text, the central idea is this, you will only, you will only enjoy the fullness of life if you honor your mom and your dad. You will only be able to experience the fullness of life, the fullness of the life that God offers you if you honor your parents. If you choose to, to not honor your mom and dad, you will miss out on the, the blessing of life that, that God has planned for you, or that God would offer you. We're going to, to look at two things this morning. First of all, we're going to look at instruction to young children in verse 1. We're going to see this young children, young children, obey your parents because it is the right thing to do. That's what we're going to look at first. The second instruction we're going to see is this uh, all children, all children, honor your parents so that your life will be long, okay? So first thing, young children, young children, obey your parents because it is the right thing to do. The second thing we'll look at is all children, young, middle-aged, older, honor your parents, honor your parents so that your life will be long. We're going to look at three, three aspects, three questions of, of each part of this message First of all, we're going to, to, to look at the question is, uh, to, to, whom, to whom is this command given? Then we'll, the second question we'll ask as we look at each of these is, is, what is the command? Okay, so first of all, who is the command given to? Second question is, is what actually is this command? What's the instruction that, that Paul is given, giving children here? And then finally, the third question we'll look at is, why should we obey it? Why should we do that command? So, who is the command to? What is the command? What's the nature of the instruction? And finally, why should we obey it? So let's first of all look at this this idea of young children, this instruction to young children. Young children, obey your parents because it is the right thing to do. Look at verse 1 of chapter 6. Children, he says, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So first question, who is he writing to? Who is this instruction to? Well, the word he uses here is, is children, and this word "children" has no real references as far as age or, or gender. It doesn't. It's a, it's a term that describes a relationship, not an age. It could refer to a child of any age. Any person that's had parents is a child. So that includes everyone in this room. Now, based upon the context, however, we see that Paul's application of this principle is, is more narrow. Remember, just a few verses earlier, in verse thirty-one. He's told us that there's a point in time when a person leaves the, the care of their parents. He says a man shall leave his father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife. And so there's a, a point in time when a person leaves their parental authority structure and begins a new family. And in Paul's day, this, this, to, this point in time when a person would, would leave the hierarchical structure of their family and begin a new family was a point in time when they had the maturity to begin life on their own. They were physically mature, they were spiritually mature, they were emotionally mature, they were able to provide for themselves. There's this point in time when a person was able to to do all of those things and they could could leave that family structure and get married. Now, it wasn't always the case that they would get married, but that was the the normal course of events. And so I think that what Paul is saying here is, is to those of you who have not reached maturity yet, your responsibility to mom and dad is to obey them. The command is given to people who have not yet reached maturity. So here's a question, right? When does that apply to me? Okay. Now, how many people in here are, let's see, how many of you are eight years old or younger? Let me see just, if you're not, if you're eight years old or younger, okay, so a couple. And how about, how about uh, between 9 and 15 years old? How many of you are 9 to 15 years old? Okay. And then older than, than 15? Okay. All right. So we've got our work cut out for us. So let's say you're, let's say you're, uh, let's say you're 8 years old. Okay. And uh, you think, okay, this, this command says, uh, children, so it's, it's to me, obey your parents. How long is that instruction going to apply to me? Mom and dad seem to tell me to do everything. Mom and dad tell me what to eat. Mom and dad tell me how much of what I eat I have to eat. Mom and dad tell me what to wear. Mom and dad seem to control every aspect of my life. How long is this going to go on? A lot longer. <laughs> or maybe you're maybe you're 15 years old, okay? And if you thought it was if you thought mom and dad were oppressive at 8 years old, made it has gotten a lot worse. Mom and dad are telling, it, like the- it feels like you live in a prison. Mom and dad are telling you, uh, not only are they controlling your, your diet somewhat, but they're, they're telling you who you can hang out with. They're telling you when you can use your phone and when you can't use your phone. They're telling you who you can and can't hang out with. Mom and dad are like prison guards, and, and home feels like prison. And Lord, how much longer can this possibly go on without me going crazy? Okay. When is there freedom? <laughs> How long does this instruction to obey mom and dad last? Let me give you uh, perhaps some bad news. Again, I think Paul has in mind here that this instruction applies until a person reaches emotional, spiritual, physical maturity. And some of you say, we're there. Uh, I have reached, you're 15 years old, I've reached that. I now know everything I need to know in life in order to be a... independent from mom and dad or you maybe say well I haven't learned everything but but surely I've learned enough to, to move past obedience Let me give you a great kind of kind of yardstick to help measure freedom from mom and dad's authority by Have you reached the point in life where if mom and dad were to totally withdraw from your life you would be able to survive? That is, if if mom and dad said, okay, uh, not only are we not going to provide food for you, but clothing's on your own, uh, paying for the cars on your own, you know, any sort of uh, fun you want to do, all those things, lodging, food, house, car insurance, all those things are, are now on your, would you be able to survive on your own? Now, if you haven't reached that point in your life, chances are that you haven't reached maturity in other levels of your life as well. Kind of think of it like this, as it was a person begins life, they're an infant. And they are totally dependent upon mom and dad and their authority and their 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 direction in life. And as a child grows older, that dependence for physical sustenance on mom and dad decreases and, and greater amounts of, of independence are achieved ideally. And hopefully you come to the point in life someday where you're able to, to totally be free of, of the necessity of depending upon mom and dad for physical sustenance. I was talking to a, a family one time at church, and they had an, an older child, and I believe the child had, had just graduated high school, in fact. And uh, we're talking on Wednesday night, and, and it's, it's a very godly family. They, they love the Lord, all three of them, mom, dad, and kid here. And, and we're talking about, we're talking about uh, just relating to one another instead you know this child of ours is still dependent upon us it's still living at home I look at the kid and he, yeah still doing that but he wants greater amounts of dependent independence and we feel like that's appropriate yet at the same time some of the things he wants to do with his independence we don't feel are very wise decisions and and that the three of them were really wrestling with with how do we keep ephesians 6 1 to be true yet at the same time grant greater amounts of of independence and i i told the kid i said look do you want independence yeah do you want to honor your mom and dad absolutely really did so what you need to do what you need to do is is to become financially independent (laughs) it's like well i'm not sure if i'm ready for that well (laughs) not ready for that you need to work it out with mom and dad they need perhaps to, to, to grant you greater levels of, of independence, but you're not ready for complete independence from mom and dad until you can have true, complete independence from mom and dad. I think this is an important instruction for us to understand as far as who it applies to. Now, let's think about this. That's who it's to. It's to people who have not reached full maturity yet. And, and of course, the, the type of obedience that they're in practice looks different as they become older. But, but what exactly is the command? So it's, it's two children— children who have not yet reached independence, what is the command? It says, obey your parents in the Lord. And so the, the command is obedience within the context of of still being under the authority of God. So God is our ultimate authority, and we obey him ultimately. It's ultimately not mom and dad that we're submitting to, but we're obeying mom and dad. What does that word obedience mean? Uh, first of all, it has the idea of, of listening. Listening means you're you're paying attention. It's like your ears are are acutely attuned to, to mom and dad's instructions. Whenever we're in our, our home and I, I open the pantry door and I reach into the pantry door and grab the bag of pretzels, and the bag makes a slight rustling sound. All of a sudden, four pairs of feet come. T- 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 Can we have a snack? Can we have a snack? Can we have a snack? It's like their ears are are finely tuned into the sound of snacks. My goal in my parenting is to get my children as 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 passionate about hearing the sound of my own voice as they are the bag of pretzels. Uh, A child who is being obedient has has ears that are that are tuned into mom and dad. And by listening, I don't just mean like they hear some vague sounds of someone talking somewhere, but a child who's listening, children listen to this, a child who's listening has the desire to hear their mom and dad's voice and to pay careful attention to the instruction that is given them. And by pay careful attention, that means they they listen first. They listen with an attitude of, I'm going to be responsive to this, not let me hear as much of this as I can hear, and then argue with them about how stupid that is. A child that's listening is listening to the instruction with an open heart, receptive to their parents' counsel, and is listening to the entire instruction. That's a child who's listening. And it's not just listening, that that word obey. It means to listen, to hear. It also means to then do what they have heard. And a child, guys, children, here's here's some some tests that you can, can give yourself to see whether or not you're being obedient to mom and dad. A child who's obedient, first of all, does what they're told to do. Mom and dad say, clean your room. Child, cleans room. Not only do they do what they're told, a child does what they're told right away if they're being obedient. So if you say, uh, Junior, I'd like you to, to, to please go to your room and clean your room. Uh, go to your room and clean it. Uh, junior doesn't just sit there. What are you doing? Well, he didn't say when. Uh, obedience is doing what you're told to do and doing it right away. And then the third aspect of obedience is to do it with, with, a, with a cheerful heart, with a right heart attitude. So if you tell your child, uh, look, I'd like you to, to, to please go to your room and, and, and clean it right now, a child who stomps their feet, yells and defies, fine, I'll clean my room, not obedience, not obedience. Obedience is doing what you're told right away with a right heart attitude. It's also having the ability to, to take instructions that mom and dad have given you and apply them in a variety of circumstances. And so, for example, you're, you're sitting there and you have a brother and sister. And your brother is kind of annoying you. So you whap, just hit him as hard as you can. Mom and dad say, hey, no hitting your brother. Yes, ma'am. All of a sudden, your sister bothers you. Whap, you hit your sister. I thought I just told you not to hit. You said not to hit my brother. Okay, this is my sister. A child who's being obedient has the ability to take instructions that are given and apply them in a variety of c- circumstances. And parents, what we need to be able to do is to honestly assess whenever we become annoyed with our children for disobedience, we ask, that, well, is this, is this really disobedience? Do they really have the ability to take instructions I've given them in other areas and apply them here? This past week, uh, my children went to a, a petting zoo. And I, w- I was not there. That There were some, some animals that were brought to the camp, and they were they had the access to animals which really really is a, a bad idea i think honestly i heard later that uh my my 4-year-old had taken a duck and put it on the back of a sheep for a ride <laughs> and i i was talking about talking with him later i said well son uh know, i was trying to a- ascertain did, did he, was he being disobedient we've certainly talked about kindness to animals before and he said uh i said son, Noah, what possessed you to put a, a duck on the back of a sheep? He said, well, I wanted to give it a ride. I thought, okay, that's fair. He was trying to be nice to the duck and give it a, a ride on the back of a sheep. And obviously my second question was, now, did did the duck fall off the sheep? He said, no, he had a great time, <laughs> which I, I guess makes sense because as everyone knows, it's it's Easy to get down off a duck, but hard to get down off a sheep. But anyway, um, no charge for that. The command is to is to listen in obedience, what you're told to do, when you're told to do it, with the right heart attitude. Now, why do this, children? Why do this? We do this because it's in accordance, it's in accordance with righteousness. He says here. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's accordance with what's right and proper and good and just. Romans 7.12 uses this word just. It's talking about the law. The law is holy and, and righteous, just, the right thing to do. We also, children, it's also right in the sense, it's also right in the sense that obedience to God, uh, obedience to your parents, pleases God. Colossians 3:20 tells us that obey your parents, Lord, for this is well-pleasing to God. We also know that it's right to obey mom and dad. It's right to obey mom and dad because it's good for your parents. Proverbs tells us that a wise son makes his father, what? Glad. But a, the wicked son is a grief to his mother. So it's good for your, it's right because it's righteous, it's it's just, It's it's equitable. It's A good thing to do. It's a right thing to do because it pleases God. And obedience to your parents is also right. It's also right because it's good for your parents. It's also right because it's good for you. In fact, um, turn in your Bibles to to Deuteronomy chapter 21. And kids, I I say this uh, just so you understand how seriously God takes obedience. In fact, as you turn over to, to Deuteronomy, let me just read you a a passage from, from Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 30, one time I was, uh, I, I was I was a young child, and I don't remember exactly what I'd done, but it was something it was something bad. And my mom looked at me, and I, I I can remember this very vividly. We're we're living in San Antonio at the time, so I was a very young child, and my mom looked at me and she said, just remember what Proverbs 3017 says. Say, so look, you know, Mom, what does Proverbs 3017 say? Well, this, this is what Proverbs 3017 says. It says, The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Really? A bird's going to pluck out my eyes and and eat my eyes if I'm disobedient to my parents and mock my parents? That's the day I think that I became very serious about Bible study. I was like, now surely there's got to be some sort of loophole here because there's a lot of people walking around that I know are disobedient to their mom and dad and yet still have both their eyes. What's what's the proverb saying? It's saying, look, disobedience to God, uh, disobedience to your parents is something that God takes very seriously, and disobedience to your parents will have consequences in this life deuteronomy deuteronomy chapter 21 we see the 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 consequences of rebellion paul uh, moses says this if a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother and though they discipline will not listen to them then his father and his mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives and they shall say to the elders of the city this our son this is our son and he's He's stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He's a glutton and a drunkard. Then all of the men of the city, listen to this, all of the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. So you shall purge the what? The evil from your midst. And all Israel shall hear and shall fear. Children, disobedience to mom and dad, is something that God takes very, very seriously. And obedience to mom and dad is the only way to ensure that you're doing what is right, that you'll have the fullness of God's life here. So young children, obey your parents because it is the the right thing to do. This is a way of application. Children, just understand that obedience is, is God's expectation on your life. God expects you to be obedient to mom and dad and, and parents. Parents, I think the application for us is, is this, if we have parents of young children. Look, we need to understand God expects our children to be obedient to us. And we've come to a place in our culture. I was reading an excerpt from a book this last week called, um, the book was entitled Children and the Changing Family. And this book, it's talking about children and the changing family. Uh, it says that that uh, what's happened is that we've entered into a time where relationships between parents and children are are no longer hierarchical relationships, they're now negotiated relationships. Uh, The authority in a relationship in a a family now is what they call negotiated. Uh, Parents, what we need to understand as an application of this truth in Ephesians 6.1 is that we have the responsibility to expect and demand obedience from our children. And such an expectation and such a demand is the most healthy thing for our children. They need to understand that God has placed authority over them so they will enjoy life, so they can live long in the land, as we'll see in just a moment. They need to do it because it's the the right thing to do. If they want to rightly understand the responsibilities to their heavenly father, they need to rightly respect the authority of their earthly father and mother. So, young children, obey your parents because it's the right thing to do. Then, verses 2 and 3, we see this. All children, all children, honor your parents so that your life will be long. That's what he says in verses 2 and 3. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. That you may live long in the land. So, again, we'll ask these, these three questions. First of all, our first question is, who is this command given to? Well, I think it's, it's broader this time. There aren't any sort of restrictions on the, the age in which a person stops honoring their, their father and mother. All of us have the responsibility to honor mom and dad. Who is it commandment given? It's given to all children. Not just children who are living at home. Not just children of godly parents. Not just children who really like mom and dad. All children are called by God. To honor their parents. So, what exactly is the nature of honoring? What is second question? What is the commandment? The commandment is to, to honor your parents. And this is from one of the from one of the ten commandments. And to honor means to have a, a high regard or a high value for. Remember the story of, of Esther, King Xerxes, is is uh, trying to honor Mordecai. And he asks Haman, What should I, what should be done for the person that the king wishes to honor? And Haman, thinks, thinking that the king is going to honor him, says, hey, this is what you do. Uh, put, him, put him on a horse and then, and then put him in royal robes and put a crown and, and have one of your noblemen go through the street saying, thus shall be done for the man the king wishes to honor. The king goes, great idea. Go do that for Mordecai. You see, honor, honor involves esteem and respect and regard. Other people, when you honor someone, realize that you hold that person in esteem. Think about the way that you talk about a, a baseball player you really admire or the way you talk about a, a music group that you, that you esteem or, or honor. There's, there's ways that you talk about them and their abilities and their talents. A, a child is commanded by God to, to honor their parents, to have a regard for, and that, that regard should, should come out in what they do and how they talk about others should be able to know that we have regard for our parents. What are some examples of, of failing to honor mom and dad? What are some ways we see that we're failing to honor our parents? Well, disrespect, you know, treating our parents like they're they're foolish or, or stupid, talking publicly about their failings or their sins, failing to provide for our, our parents is a sign of a lack of honor. In fact, keep your finger there in Ephesians. Turn over to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, the Pharisees have come to Jesus. And as they're talking to Jesus, they get obsessed about hand washing. Now, I'm obsessed about hand washing. Uh, The Pharisees are obsessed about hand washing in a a different sense the ritual hand washing. And they, they, they are telling him that, that uh, his disciples are not uh, washing their hands the right way. They said that they're, uh, verse 5, that they ask him, why do, they not, why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? And Jesus looks at their heart and, and realizes that they've become obsessed with the external aspects of religion and, and gets to the heart of the matter. He says, look, Isaiah prophesied of you. Now, it's kind of a, normally you think, well, wow, someone prophesied about me. That that must mean I'm pretty important. But look at the prophecy that was prophesied of them. Uh, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In, listen to this, in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. These people have this this outward show, this outward appearance of worshiping God, but as Jesus looks at the Pharisees and sees that they're obsessed with hand-washing, he says, their heart has become far removed from me. And listen to one of the the primary illustrations he gives of their heart being far from him. He said, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandments of God, this is verse 9, in order to establish your tradition for moses said honor your father and your mother and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die but if but you say if a man tells his father or his mother whatever you would have gained from me is corbin that is given to god then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother and so mom and dad are are languishing over here in in poverty and these people who want to continue to have access to their own possessions say look I have dedicated my house and all that I have to God. I'd love to be able to provide for you, but I can't. Jesus said, look, this, is, this shows that your heart is far from God. Because a heart that is attuned to God is obedient to God. And a heart that's going to be obedient to God is going to be a heart that what? Honors father and mother. You cannot You cannot be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ without honoring mom and dad. And the Pharisees were at an age where they had long left their parents' home. And yet the command to be be honoring mom and dad was still in effect. It says thus, verse 13, thus making void the word of God by your tradition, you have handed down, and and many such things you do. That was just an illustration. Turn back to Ephesians, please. What's an example of of honoring mom and dad? Well, you honor your mom and dad by letting others know the the good qualities that your parents have. You honor mom and dad by refusing to speak publicly regarding their failures, and I'm not talking about whitewashing mom and dad, and perhaps some of you have very painful memories of your your time with, with your parents, and and some terrible things were done in that relationship. And I'm not saying pretend like those things never happened or, or don't call those things sin. But, but in a, a public context, your, your attitude toward your parents, even when terrible things have happened in that relationship, is one of honor, one of esteem. You don't talk about how silly they are or what crazy things mom and dad do. Your attitude towards them is one of respect and honor You seek their counsel. You seek their wisdom. If they're believers, you seek their spiritual wisdom. If they're not, even still, you you seek practical practical advice from them. You listen attentively. You don't roll your eyes when mom and dad give you advice or or counsel. You think about the ability to, to provide for them, provide for their needs. Think about David. David is on the run from Saul, and even though David is on the run from Saul, he he takes time in 1 Samuel chapter 22 to to find a place for his parents to stay while he's on the run. Jesus, one of the last things he does on the cross is provide for his his mother with his disciple John. Why? Why should we do this? The the command is given to all of us to honor mom and dad. The command means to, to esteem them, to regard them why should we do this he says this it says this command is is the first commandment with with a promise with a guarantee that it may go well with you the promise is that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land a person first of all in the original context what Moses is saying to the people is look as we as we go into the promised land and and live here if we we honor our mom and dad we're going to exist in this land that god has provided and and, and and things are going to go well for us because we'll be we'll be living in a wise way a way different than those around us. I believe as Paul's applying this spiritually saying look if if you want to if you want to experience the, the fullness of, of life that God has offered you, if you want to have your, your life transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and experience his, his blessings fully, part of that is is honoring mom and dad. If you want to experience the, the fullness of, of God's blessing Honor your parents. You obey this command. God promises you a fullness of life. Experiencing the full joy of obedience to him. Many of you know, uh, my grandmother passed away uh, a few weeks ago. It was two weeks ago on on Friday. And uh, her health had been very very poor for some time. It's probably 10 or 15 years ago that my dad and his brother and sister kind of got together and said, well, you know, what, what are we going to do? You know, probably about 15 years ago. Mom and dad's health isn't what it needs to be. What are we going to do? And my uncle said, I'm going to move. I'm going to move from my home here several hundred miles away and I'm going to move in right next door to mom and dad. Take care of them. Allow them to, to live so they desired to live for as, as long as possible. And so they said, okay, that sounds good. And that's what he did. For years, he lived right next door to them, allowing them to continue their lives and as, as much ease as possible. At some point, it became no longer possible for him to provide the care that, that he needed to. And so they, they hired, the, the three siblings got together again. They, they hired someone to go and live with Grandma and Grandpa. And that person took care of them as, as long as possible. It came to a point where that person said, look, I, I can't provide the care that your parents mo- need. And so they moved them into a, a home. But they all got together and they researched the different nursing homes in the area in order or to be able to provide the, the best one to, to grandma and grandpa. And then it came to a point where they were, they were there and they said, this nursing home isn't a good one. And, and we, my, my dad and sister said, we want to move her closer to us. And so they, they moved her down to Texas. And every day my, my aunt was there, breakfast and, and lunch providing her with, with, with food and, and helping make sure that she get my grandmother got the nourishment that she needed. It's going to look different for each family as you honor your mom and dad, but the instruction of God's word is very clear. Honor your father and mother. My son Austin, as we were talking about this passage, asked a great question last night. He said, well, what, about, you know, what about when your parents die? How do you honor your parents then? I think it means that we we celebrate their life with others. We we talk about their their good qualities and the things we learn from them. If we have a strained relationship with our parents, I think it means that we, we pray for them and, and we focus on the positive things we learn from them and in our, our prayer, our passion is that is that God would would transform their lives and that they would they would respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ and we ask that God would forgive us of, of things that we've done to mom and dad and we, we remove all bitterness from our hearts and we, we pray that God would, would transform our hearts so that we can honor mom and dad the way that they need to be honored. At children at home, I think at children at home, it means for, for you to honor mom and dad, means verbally telling them, hey, I want to honor you. I want to obey you. In fact, if you're, you're sitting next to him right now, you can kind of give them a little arm squeeze or tell them, hey, I love you. Children that are away from mom and dad, I think it means making kind of a, a weekly contact with, with, at least a weekly contact with, with your parents and continuing to esteem them and, and value them and seeing what their needs are and how you can provide for them. It's going to change at different phases of your life. Maybe early on as you leave the home, honoring mom and dad means esteeming them enough to, to call them and email them and keep them posted in your life. As, as you get older with kids, it means making sure that. That your mom and dad get the time that they need with grandkids if you're far from home, and as, as they get older, it means perhaps financially or physically providing for them. I told you at the beginning of the the story of, the, of Icarus, and there's a painting from the I believe the 1600s called the the Fall of Icarus, and it's just this landscape, and and it's I believe it's painted by a Dutch painter, and it's just this landscape, and there's uh, ships in the sea, there's there's a uh, a farmer plowing his fields, and, and then on the bottom on the, on the bottom right hand of the, the picture, there are just two legs sticking out of the water and a little splash. And the point of the picture is that, that this, this great tragedy, this great Greek tragedy, and the eyes of the whole scheme of things was, was not that big of a deal. The tragedy of other people, this disobedience of Icarus was just a little splash in the great big scheme of life. But I tell you, children, Failure to honor your parents is not insignificant. In our culture, it's become so. We've allowed it to become so, but disobedience to parents is something that God takes very, very seriously. God's word is very clear here in verses one through three. You will never enjoy the fullness of life apart from honoring your parents. Well, let's, let's pray here, and, and after, after we pray together, we're going to sing a song, and, and uh, again, you're free to, to leave during that during our, our, our final song here together. You're also, everyone is invited to, to stay for our, our, our meeting together as well. Let me pray. Father, we thank you for our, our parents. We pray that you'd give us the ability to be obedient to them. We pray that you'd give us the ability to honor them, to esteem them, that others would, would see that the care and the love we have for our parents and would be ministered to by that. We pray for your grace in our lives. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.